Greetings in the name of Christ. This is the Hope to Hope podcast, a podcast that exists to share Christ, his truth, and his saving love for his people. To this end, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. We conclude looking at this brief biography of John Newton. Where we left him off the last time was him arriving at West Africa. And he had not been there very long when he caught malaria. You remember that his fellow friend told an African lady, his mistress, to look after John Newton. But she hated Newton. And although John Newton was half-starved and semi-conscious, this woman underestimated his natural strength. She got crowds of slaves to mimic Newton's crazy staggering movements as he struggled to get better. And later, Newton personally loaded some of those slaves that mimicked him into the ships. In other words, he had his revenge. And all this time, he was sinking lower and deeper into sin and debauchery. Don Stephens states that biographies sometimes sanitize the story of John Newton because they want to cut out the sexual debauchery. But Newton himself accepted that he could not sink lower in the sight of God or in the sight of men, mostly the sight of African women that he already was. In other words, he said, if you want to see the worst of me, this is what I was like. And then the inevitable happened. As you know that there are frequent storms in the sea, an Atlantic storm swiped over his ship. It was called the Greyhound. Walls of water nine meters high washed men off the deck and it seemed as though it was going to be a watery coffin for him. Newton was tied to the wheel of the ship in a vain hope that he could steer this, this thing towards Liverpool. To his amazement, while the waves were battering at him and bashing at him, he found himself praying to God. Would you believe that he did really repent? And he really did believe in the gospel on the 21st of March, 1748, while he was there on the Greyhound. He called it the hour I first believed. And he was 23 years old. The battered Greyhound did reach Liverpool safely. He spent most of his 30s in Liverpool. He was a surveyor looking for smuggled goods. And here in Liverpool, his Christian faith was built up. There he uh, caught the fire of George Whitfield, who visited Liverpool for a week and preached nine times there. Newton had Whitfield on every occasion. John Newton preached his first sermon in Liverpool in the Liverpool churches. It is told that he once visited a Baptist church and they refused him the Lost Supper which largely explains why he joined the Church of England. When he was 39, he and his wife moved to Beckenham, where he became a passionate 
preacher of personal conversion to Jesus Christ. And he, he emphasized personal conversion. And our brothers and sisters, we have to be challenged by John Newton's personal conversion and passionate preaching of personal conversion. Because we may not have testimonies uh, that are so amazing as John Newton's, if you look at the details. But I want to make you think of this. All of our testimonies are amazing. They are amazing because when we look at ourselves, we have to see that if God had not saved us, we would not be saved. And so we should go into all the, the world and make disciples of all nations, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But Newton walked more than nine kilometers to church service and stayed for tea afterwards. There were four prayer meetings at the parish church where he went to. Two on Sunday, one at 6 a.m. and the second one at 8 p.m. Two on Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 8 p.m. For the Tuesday evening prayer meeting, at least 130 people out of the population of approximately 2,000 people gathered at that village hall. There they began to write hymns uh, to take along to Tuesday meetings, which is why you see why John Newton would be a hymn writer. But believe it or not, Newton was best known as a letter writer of the Great Awakening, not a hymn writer. All along I knew him as a hymn writer, but he was known for writing letters. The last 27 years of his life was spent at St. Mary's Church in London. And there he became known as a clear preacher of biblical faith and a staunch enemy of the slave trade that he once practiced and benefited from. He influenced Wilberforce to stop the slave trade in Parliament. He lived on until 1807. By then he was 82, yet there were no children in his marriage. Toward the end of his life, he began to lose his memory, but he said in that state that he could only remember two things clearly. I'm a great sinner. I have a great sinner. He wrote his own epitaph, which is amazing. He said, write, here lies John Newton, once an infidel and a libertine. He means that he was ungodly and immoral. A servant of slaves in Africa was by the rich mercy of our Lord Jesus and Savior preserved, restored, and pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. Don Stephens says, The lessons of his life for us are self-evident. Grace can revolutionize the worst of persons, and that same grace of God is freely offered in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2020. Really repent and really trust in the risen Christ proclaimed in the gospel and you will change. You have changed 
And you have to tell others that they can change. Think about the words that John Newton thought about, what God did for him. Uh, glorify the risen Savior. And John Newton uh, also loved uh, the biblical text. And I want to read one for you. First Timothy, which is also my favorite text of scripture. First Timothy chapter 1 from verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more abundant with the faith and love that are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. And as John Newton said, save me Lord or I perish. Amen.